Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. We're going to go ahead and get right into the, into the message this morning. I've entitled today's message, Your Mama. And I've got to be honest, I don't, the, the, the title doesn't really have anything to do with, with the message, other than it being Mother's Day, but I just really wanted to title it Your Mama. Um, <laughs> so th- there's, a very, there's a very underrated story in the Bible um, but it's an incredible story of this woman named, named Ruth. I don't know if you're familiar with her story. It's only four chapters, the, the book of Ruth. You can read it in one sitting. And uh, I want to kind of focus a little bit on her story as we celebrate mothers. Now, Ruth, she's not, the, the book of Ruth is not a story about motherhood. Um, in fact, she's not, she doesn't even become a mom until the very end of, uh, of the story. Um, but there are a lot of char- mother-like characteristics that we can see in Ruth. Um, and I think it, it, it's, it's exemplified. It can be exemplified uh, with many mothers here today or soon-to-be mothers or women that are going to be moms one day in the future. Uh, you know, I think, I think you can tell a lot about a person. Or just by, just by knowing a person, you can tell that if they'll make a good parent or not, Right? Like you probably know some people that you're like, don't ha- don't have kids, don't please, All right? But there's other people that display certain characteristics, and and you can tell that one day they're going to make a great parent. I look at I look at my daughter Layla, and she's only two years old, very premature to, you know, make any definitive hypotheses. But I look at the way that she takes care of her dozens of baby dolls. And how she, she cares for them, and, and she gives them a kiss goodnight. She's got a name for every single one of them. They're all accounted for. She'll, she'll bring them out into the living room, and she'll organize them. She'll put them in, in, in a blanket to make sure that they're not cold. Sometimes in the middle of the night, she wakes up asking for, she says, where's Sophia? And like she's, she's like having a heart attack because her, her, her baby, she doesn't know where she is. And so I, I, I look at things like that, and I think, man, m- many years from now, right, many decades from now, she might make a great mother. And when you read Ruth, even though she's not yet a mother, you just know that she's such an incredible woman that is going to make a great parent one day. And so as we celebrate moms today, I want to do it through the lens of Ruth, um, who at the very end of the story, she ends up becoming a mother. Uh, she gives birth to, to this man. Well, not, she doesn't give birth to a man, the baby who becomes a man, Obed. Uh, and, then, and then he becomes the father of Jesse, who becomes the father of David, King David, who, as we know, uh, our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ comes from, right? So it's, it's, it's really cool how just by having the qualities of a good, righteous uh, woman who comes from nothing, I mean, she's a widow, she's poor, she's still able to find a blessing in the end. So if you have your Bibles, Ruth chapter 1, we're going to kind of go through her story. Ruth chapter 1, we're reading verses 1 through 5, and I have, I have it up here. 1 through 5, it says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The names of one was Orpah and the other was Ruth. They lived there about 10 years and both Malon and Chilion died. So there was, so there, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. All right. Amen. So, so the story of Ruth, it doesn't really present Ruth as a mother, right? But it does present this, this woman 
Naomi as a mother. And, you know, this is a mother, this is a woman who leaves everything that she knows behind with her family to look for a better life, only to find herself in a situation far worse than the one that she left. Her husband passes away. A few years later, her children pass away. There's no grandkids. She's just left with these two daughter-in-laws, also two wives who lost their husbands. This is a very sad trio, right? I mean, it, it's, uh, the story opens up and you read it and there's, there's very little hope there. It's, it, it's sad. And, and Naomi, as you'll see through the story, she's struggling. I mean, she's dealing with a lot a bitterness, a little bit of resentment. She's angry with God because she doesn't understand why God would take away the only thing that she probably cared about the most, her family. You know, I, I think it's pretty safe to say, and maybe you could agree, that above anyone else, mothers love the hardest. They do. I mean, more than, more than husbands love their wives, more than wives love their husbands, more than brothers, sisters, and friends, mothers love the hardest, man, even, even more than fathers sometimes. And I'm not saying that this is the case all the time, but a mother's love is incredibly powerful. Amen? And, and in most cases, you know, it's the mother who grieves the hardest. It's the mother who fights the hardest. It's the mother who prays the most for her children and her family. It's the mother who stays in the fight when everyone else is gone, and she's going to continue fighting for her children. They love incredibly hard, and it's immensely powerful. And so you take that away from a woman, man, and it's going to be difficult. And on top of that, you have these two widows who just lost their, less, their, their husbands, so they're grieving as well. But Naomi, I mean, she lost, she lost everything. She lost her husband and her children. And so the story continues. Uh, Naomi has nothing, uh, nothing going for her. She's got nothing to stay to. So she decides to go back home, back to return to Bethlehem, where at least there's a little bit of familiarity. There's some familiar faces. And she decides to go, and she tells her two daughter-in-laws, hey, girls, you don't have to, you don't have to stick around anymore. Um, I mean, there, there's nothing for you anymore. Just go return to your family. Go return to your life. And... The women say no. Seeing the pain that their mother-in-law is in and the hurt and the struggle and everything that she's going through, they, they, they decide that they want to stay with her. You know, women, women are they're always there for each other. Prophecy, you girls, man. Y'all are always there for each other. That's one of the reasons I think women make great parents. Guys, we're just like, hey, bro, you good? Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. We're like, all right, well, Holler at me if you need anything, right? And then we, we go on our way. But women, they're like, no, you're going to get help. I don't, I don't care if you're sending me away. I don't care if I'm annoying you. I don't care if you refuse it. I'm going to help you. That's why you go to your mom's house, and she asks you if you're hungry, and you say no. She's going to cook for you anyways, right? That, that's, that's how women are. They just they want to help. And so these women, they want to help Naomi. They don't want to return home. Now, uh, Naomi does end up persuading one of them to return, but Ruth, she's determined to stay. And I want to continue reading uh, verse 15. Look what it says. It says, and Naomi said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where I go, I will go. And where I lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. Man, that's commitment right there. That's, commi- that's a ride or die woman right there. Right? 
Like when the reason that the reason that you come to something originally in the first place is no longer there anymore and you decide to stay there anyway to see what's going to happen, that's the woman of faith. That's the woman that you want in your life. Men, find, find a woman like that who's going to like stick around even after you gain 50 pounds. That, those 50 pounds weren't there when she met you. All right? You had a little bit more hair when she met you. Praise God. Amen. But she's going to stick around even though what, what initially drew her to you is no longer there. Find yourself a woman like that, man, for real. Especially these days, man, with the divorce rate being 50%. All right? We have so many people that we, we don't have enough for better or for worse people. We have, like, for better and let me see how bad it gets first and then I'll decide, people. And Ruth, she tells her mother-in-law, look, I know my husband is gone. I know that we're broke. We're poor. I know that we have no jobs. I know that this isn't exactly a culture in which women thrive. And if I go back home with you, I'm going to be a foreigner. But I got you, girl. I'm going to go with you. Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. I'm not leaving your side. Keep in mind, man, this wasn't even, this wasn't even her biological mother. Ruth wasn't raised by Naomi. There was no lifelong connection. There was no uh, you, you know, nursing period. But there was something there that made Ruth want to stick around. There was something that made Ruth devoted to Naomi. And I want to talk a little bit about devotion real quick, man, because devotion, I don't think we talk enough about it. Devotion gets you places even when it feels like you're not moving an inch. You got to listen to that. I'm going to say it again. Devotion will get you places even when you're not making any progress. We've got people these days that just want to quit. It's like we're, we're not devoted to anything. We live in a, in a culture that makes commitment without any intention of being devoted to those things that we commit to. We need devotion in the church. We need devotion in our lives. We need, we need to be connected to women that are devoted. Because when you're devoted in your marriage, for example, you're going to stick around when things heat up. And you're going to fight for your marriage because you're devoted to it. When you're devoted to being successful at your work, you're not going to throw in the towel and call it quits when success seems miles away. When you're a mother and you're devoted to your children, your children could be the most demonic kids the world has ever known. But you're going to pray for them every day. And you're going to call them every day. And you're going to love them every day because you're devoted. That's what a devoted mother does. Even when progress isn't seen, devotion is taking you towards it. Now, Ruth doesn't know where she's going to end up. She doesn't doesn't know what's going to happen. She doesn't know if things are going to get better or worse, but she's devoted. I'm with you, Naomi. As bad as it gets, I'm with you. I praise God, man, because I, I have a devoted mom. I really do, man. If I were to walk away from the ways of the Lord, she, she's not going to stop praying for me. She's not going to stop calling me. She already calls me like five times a day as it is, right? If I walk away from the ways of the Lord, man, she's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> if I'm sick in the hospital, she's going to come visit. I mean, she's, gonna, she's not even going to visit. She's going to live there in the hospital room. She's going to be there every day. She and my wife, because I have a pretty devoted wife as well. I'm a blessed man, man. And you know what? You're blessed if you have someone like that in your corner, whether it be a a parent, a, a spouse, a child, a friend. 
praise God for the women in our lives, man, that, that devote themselves to the ones that they love. And Ruth is devoted to Naomi. So they return to Bethlehem. They make their journey. And in chapter 2, we're introduced to this man named Boaz. Boaz, he's a wealthy man. He owns some land. And uh, Ruth tells Naomi that, that she wants to go out to, to, to search for some food with hopes of finding favor with one of the landowners so that they might allow her to, to gather food in, in their field. And so she goes out and she comes to the field of Boaz. And Boaz takes notice of her. And he asks his workers, who's that woman? And they say, well, this is, this is a, a, the daughter-in-law of Naomi. And, and she's very devoted to her. And, and she, she left everything that she knew. And, and she doesn't even have a reason to stay. Her husband is dead, but she came back. And he took notice. And he was intrigued by Ruth. So he introduces himself. And he says, hey, anything in my field, you can have. If you're hungry, you can eat. If you're thirsty, you can take to drink whatever, whatever you thirst for. Don't be shy. We love it when people tell us that, right? Don't be shy. Like We're like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to be shy. In fact, he even prepares her a meal. He notices. And this is what Ruth says. This is chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. It says, Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz said, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to, to a people that you did not know before. The Lord will pay you for what you have done and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And you know those situations that come into your life, church, that where even though you've, you've, you've stayed in it and you've been faithful and you've been committed, you've been devoted, and, and, and you're trying to make everything work, but it's still a mess. Your life is still a mess, and you don't understand why. That's, that's the part of being devoted to something that, that feels like you're not making any progress. But then, someone say then. then. Say that again. Then comes a blessing. So you might be going through something right now, but look, and then you're going to get to a blessing. That's just the way things work. It's a cause and effect. Sometimes we have to cause our blessing into place. So you might be going through something and you don't understand why you're going through it, but then comes a blessing and it's going to fall at your table. And then, and then after you give thanks to God, the, the thing that's going to come to your mind is how you stuck it out. How if you had not been devoted or had you given up or had you abandoned the, pro the promise because you didn't see the, the progress, you're going to say, look, I wouldn't have had this blessing in front of me if I wasn't devoted, if I would have quit a long time ago, if I didn't cause this blessing into place. I can't tell you how many times I tell Melissa, babe, see, see, because I didn't quit. Even though it was hard, even though it was frustrating, even though I wanted to quit, and maybe I should have quit, I didn't. I can preach this message, man, because I know the power of devotion. And this doesn't take away from the glory of God because we have to wait on God. We have to devo be devoted to the things of God for us to find a blessing. And so one day Ruth goes out. She and Naomi still have nothing. They don't know how they're going to eat. They don't have jobs. Up until this point, 
devotion hasn't really made any progress for Ruth. And they're going to have to scrounge for food. They might even have to result to begging. And I imagine Ruth just going out that day, not knowing how the day is going to look, not knowing if it's going to be like, like the, the, the past few days have been. But she doesn't let her situation affect her devotion. And so she goes out to find food for her and her mother-in-law. And this man of God, Boaz, takes notice of what she's done. You know, man, I know many times mothers feel unappreciated. Amen. Can y'all say amen? amen. They, I, I, I know they can. Because when I was a kid, I know we didn't appreciate our moms like we should have. But they do so much. I mean, they, they, they give out so much love and so much care, and they exert that energy with every household chore, with every car ride, with every piece of advice, with every piece of discipline, and every prayer, every tear that they shed. And all, they do all of that, and sometimes it feels like no one notices them. Husbands, appreciate your wives, man. <laughs> Amen. Appreciate your I love it when Melissa appreciates me. I get all you flower, man. I'm like, oh, you like, you like that? Watch, watch me do the dishes, right? <laughs> like, it, it makes me want to do more things that warrants appreciation. And for those of you who have a motherly figure in your life, ap- appreciate them, man. Recognize their goodness and, and take notice of their faithfulness and their hard work. Boaz notices the devotion of Ruth. See, God is faithful like that, man. When you're faithful to, to God, he's going to be faithful to you. Even though it might take a while, he's testing you. He's testing your devotion. He might be pressing your buttons, but he's just, he's just wanting to see if you're going to quit or you're going to stay in it. He's testing you. And, and perhaps motherhood is one of the greatest tests of life. But if you stay devoted long enough, if you just have enough faith, man, that something good is going to come out of your work, God is going to bless you with a Boaz encounter. Where something is going to come into your life and you're going to be rewarded for your devotion. I'm reminded of, of the Canaanite woman. If you're familiar with that story, this, this woman, she comes to Jesus on behalf of her demon-oppressed daughter. She's severely being taunted by this, this demon. And I think about this event even before the encounter that she has with Jesus. What must have been going through this mother's mind watching this demon just play with her little girl? Telling her that she's worthless. Telling her that she's nothing. Lying to her. You know, the goal of every demonic force is to kill and separate us from the things of God. You know that there was, that was the mission from this demon. And this mother is there every day. I don't know for how long. The Bible doesn't really give us the details. But she's there witnessing her little girl, the love of her life, being taunted by a demon. So this mother finally gets to Jesus. She's like, finally. If, if, if no one can heal my daughter, certainly Jesus can. So I'm going to go to Jesus. And she's out there in the presence of Jesus, and she's calling out, Jesus, help my little girl. And the Bible says that he ignores her. He ignores her. And you know that she keeps on asking, and he keeps on ignoring her, because at one point the disciples, they get fed up, they get annoyed. The Bible actually says they were annoyed. And they tell Jesus, Jesus, get this woman away, man. She's bothering us. Send her away. It makes you think, how long was she out there calling out to Jesus? And if she had, you know, any, any of the theas or the theos with her, you know, they're gone by now. 
Went to get tacos. Are you hungry? Let's get some tacos. Right? Maybe the dad, babe, I don't think he's coming out. Maybe we should call it a night. But a mother's love is powerful. It's devoted. It keeps on fighting when it's got nothing less to give, man. And so she keeps on crying out to Jesus. And he finally comes out. And you know what he says to her? I only came for the lost sheep of Israel. So first he ignores her, and then he rejects her. Come on, Jesus. That's, that's, not, that's not love. See, this is the part of devotion where it feels like no progress is being made. I've been out here all night. I've been calling out to you. I've heard that you can heal people. You can do miracles. I heard that, that, that you come in the face of the Father and that you are loved. And I'm out here calling out to you so that you can touch my little girl, but you're going to ignore me? And then you're going to reject me? How many would have quit by then? But she keeps going. She's a fighter. The Bible says she falls down to her knees. She begs, please help my little girl. And I can just imagine her crying. I mean, you, you see all this hurt in her face. And you know what Jesus says? Does he say, okay, no. He said, it's not right to take from the children's food and give it to the dogs. So first he ignores her. Then he rejects her. Then he insults her. Makes you think like the next thing he's going to do is like assault her. (laughs) Ask me one more time. I'll punch you in the face, right? (laughs) But it's it's women like, like this who are faithful to the ones that they love. That even when they're ignored, rejected, insulted, or unnoticed, they're eventually going to find their favor. They just have to write it out long enough. Because there is an and then. There is going to be that Boaz encounter. And this woman continues. She keeps going. And Jesus finally says, woman, I see your faith. Woman, I notice I notice you. Don't, let, don't, don't think that your love and your devotion isn't unnoticed. I see it. And your daughter is healed. When everyone else is gone, they didn't have the patience. They quit too easily. The mother is out there fighting for the ones that she loves. And so Boaz notices Ruth and the love and the commitment that she has for her mother-in-law. And the Bible says that she finds favor. She didn't just find favor. She found a new man. She ends up marrying Boaz. They have a son. It's like a love story, but not so much between Ruth and Boaz, but between Ruth and her beloved mother-in-law, Naomi, who when when she said she was leaving and, and go back to your people, Ruth was like, nah, not without me. I'm going with you. Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. I love you too much to let you go. Man, when I read this story of, uh, of Ruth, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of my wife. I'm not, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> I'm reminded of my wife who I know will do anything for my daughter, Layla. I'm reminded of, of my mom who fights for her children, who's never given up on me, who's never going to give up on my sisters. I'm reminded of, uh, of so many of the mothers that we have here in this room and, and even your mothers who when you were away from the Lord, they were on their knees praying for you and here you are today. There was an and then process. And my message this morning is just to, just to let you know 
Women of God, man, we love you. We appreciate you. And we notice you. We notice you. We notice your good works, even in the bad times. We notice how you come through for us when no one else comes through for you. And we just want to thank you this morning. And I want to encourage you, women, mothers, keep being devoted, man, to the people that you care about, that you love, even when it hurts, even when you feel like there's no hope. She's, my daughter's too far gone. My son is too far gone. If you're devoted, your Boaz encounter is coming. Amen. I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.